You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash Zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash Zabe. Football season is here and it's time to get in on the action with mybookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is the industry-leading sports action website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. Bet sides, predict scores, track player props, even do props on politics. Use promo code ZABE when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. If the game already kicked off or tipped off, don't worry. They've got live in-game action, sweet action, on every major event, even esports. No better time to join MyBookie.ag than today. Go there, sign up. Type in promo code ZABE and get a 100% sign-up bonus. It's easy, and you'll have access to your own personal dashboard. That's mybookie.ag, promo code ZABE. No deposit necessary. Terms and conditions apply. Void where prohibited. Today on the ZABEcast, a debut of a new feature called Steakhouse Confidential. Four guys, drinks, steaks, and stories. Some of them might even be true. Like the time my boy John Ronas beat Michael Jordan in golf. Or when I was left holding a restaurant bill by Jerry Glanville. All that, plus have we reached peak cell phone yet? Your essential Sports Talk Day starter is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Wednesday, November 7, 2018. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. I hope your candidate of choice was a winner last night. Oh, it looks like we're going to have two exciting years of House investigations into President Donald Trump. Mm -mm -mm. Should be fun. And I think we're going to have an election cycle in 2020 that will promise to be even more vapid, more pointless, and more full of clown cars than the last one. Yay! And that cycle is going to start in, let's see, about five minutes, I would bet. I actually actually was looking up dates for the Democratic primary schedule in 2020 or 20, yeah, 2020. Yeah, is that how you say it? 2020, 2020, 2020. Okay, I was looking up the dates And I happened upon the Wikipedia page for Democratic Party presidential primaries 2020. And it lists candidates, declared major candidates. First name I see is John Delaney, U.S. representative from Maryland since 2013. Okay, I might have heard of him. He's thrown his hat in the ring early. Okay, who else? Scroll down. Next name I see, and I guess these are alphabetic, Jeff Boss, like a boss. 
and they list their current or previous positions. Jeff Boss is listed as conspiracy theorist. <laughs> he has run for, oh boy, House, House of Representatives in New York, mayor, governor, Jersey, candidate for president in 20, 2008, 2012, 2016. So I then realized, okay, these are just ass clowns who have decided to throw their hat in the ring so they can get on a Wikipedia page. They've, they've filed their official FEC, Federal Election Campaign Filing Notice, to be a candidate for president. Some guy, Harry Braun, renewable energy consultant, researcher. Hey, well, how about that? There's a guy, Ken Nawadike, listed as peace activist, inspirational speaker, and video journalist. There is Robbie Wells, former college football coach. Never heard of him. And that's it for now. Then there's others who have publicly expressed interest. Michael Avenatti, you know him. Joe Biden, Michael Bloomberg, Cory Booker, Julian Castro, Hillary Clinton, Oscar De La Hoya, Eric Holder, John Hickenlooper, former uh, governor of Colorado, Kamala Harris, John John Ki- John Kerry. Uh, let's see, Elizabeth Warren. Um, who else? Would, oh, Bernie Sanders, of course. Of course, I'm going to run. Martin O'Malley, Tim Ryan, and then they have speculative candidates, and those include further names that nobody cares about, including Al Sharpton. And then there are declined to be candidates, and that's a long list of people. Oh, wait a minute. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is listed as a declined to be candidate in 2020 for the Democratic primaries. Okay, well, we are going to get it dialed up real soon. Got this email from one Greg Coleman. He is a listener who sent me a video. Actually, he tweeted a video of his boys a year and a half ago, two years ago now, reenacting the Jordan Spieth bunker shot to win at Hartford where he throws the rake and he chest bumps caddy Michael Greller and his two young boys reenacted that scene. He tweeted it, you know, with including me as an at. I then retweeted it. That sent the video viral. Next thing you know, PGA Tour's social media accounts like, oh, that's great. Can we use that? And they hone in and they find Greg. They actually did a piece of the PGA Tour and their media department. They did like a sit-down interview with the boys uh, in advance of the Hartford Open to talk about it. And, and it was a nice little deal. So that's who Greg Coleman is. He writes me to say the following. Hey, man, I just wanted to throw this by you and see what you thought. After the boys had their 15 minutes of fame video on the Jordan Spieth thing, It apparently opened the eyes of my somewhat semi-sports fan wife. Out of nowhere, she says to me, you know, I think it'd be a really good investment to put in a really nice practice putting green in our backyard so the boys could practice. Wait, what? I said. I swear to God, the double take I did almost caused whiplash. Then I remembered you talking about that you had one many years ago, and it reminded me of when you talked about that pebble in your eye. Yes, I did just the other day. Are synthetic greens worth it? Do they last? What brands are there? Uh, Is there any other advice you would have? 
I live in the St. Louis area, so obviously companies would be different, but I have a small opening with the Ways and Means Committee here, and I want to do my homework. Any insight you would have would be great. Keep up the great work. I know it's been a crazy couple of weeks. Blah, blah, blah. Greg Coleman. Okay. You've come to the right guy for advice. I had a synthetic putting green installed outdoors in my backyard when I lived at my old house 10 years ago. It was a fairly small synthetic putting green of probably 30 feet by 30 feet, 30 square feet, maybe. Maybe not even that. I'd have to go back and look. It... uh, it was uh, it was long enough to have about a 20-foot putt from one corner to the other. It was fun. It was cool. But here's the problem. A, they don't last. Quote, la- first of all, let me start with this. Not a good investment at all. A good investment is a mutual fund. This is not a good investment. This will not add any value, actual hard dollar value to a buyer of your home. Just like they say pools also, generally speaking, do not add actual dollar values. They may actually be a turnoff. So it's not an investment, number one. Number two, there are no, quote, brands. There are companies that construct these things because it it is quite a, a construction project. It requires men and tools and labor. Lots of labor. You've got to prep the surface of where you're going to put the putting green. You've got to bring in gravel and drainage and subgravel and then compacted angel dust. And it has to, you know, be compacted, compacted, compacted and shaped and contoured. And okay, now we got all the subsurface stuff right. Then they put on the synthetic putting green fibers which is very expensive in terms of cost per square foot because the you know it's like a rug that has a lot and a lot of very specific fibers to simulate a putting green you know grass and then once you get that down they have to fill it with infill or the tiny little pebbles or or tiny little sand molecules so that the the fibers of the grass stand up straight and then, and only then after you, they do that and they brush it and they brush it and they brush it hours and hours and hours and they roll it and they tamp it and they do everything else, then you've got what is essentially a putting green. It is really cool when you first have it. Like a lot of things you get when you first, you know, oh, let's build a treehouse for the kids. Oh, this is cool. You got to go up there and hang out. Yeah, and then and after time, you're like, oh, that thing is an eyesore. Same thing for jungle gyms, trampolines, you name it. The other thing is that these things do require maintenance. You do have to roll it and brush it and maintain it because over time, those little, you know, the, the fingers of the turf get compacted. And so your putting green is going to get faster and faster and faster. In fact, almost all these putting greens are way faster than your average public course. And they are as fast as, if not faster than even your best private courses in your area. And it'll get to the point where your outdoor synthetic putting green is so fast that it's good only if you are practicing to play at Augusta National in the Masters. That's how fast they can get. Also, I found that they didn't roll as true as I would have liked. Like, I would sit out there and i go, this is great. I can sit out on a nice warm summer night, spring night, whatever, have a cocktail, listen to the radio, and just practice my three, four footers. Just noodle around them. So I'd get balls lined up, and I'd sit there, and I'd practice. And I'd like, good stroke, good stroke, good stroke, good stroke. And I'd be like, God, why am I missing these so much? So one day, I set up my camera right down behind my putter blade, 
And I was like, let me just take a look at this. And I noticed that as I was practicing my putts, there's a little yaw and a little left and right that was going on on a single putt that I had practiced for hours over and over and over again because of the fact this is a synthetic green. Now, this will happen to some degree on a real putting surface, on a real golf course. You will get a little bit of yaw, as they say, left and right. And especially depending on the grain, if you're playing a golf course in the south that has Bermuda grasses that are tendly, tend to be more grain heavy, but not like you do on a synthetic green. So my net net is, oh, and I, I tell you, they're very expensive. I mean, like 10 grand for a green that you are going to be happy with. That's pretty much the number. Now that said, I am never one for a guy who has had a sudden crack in the defenses of the Ways and Means Committee in their household. Uh, it, just like government, just because you're not going to use this money for this project, how about we redirect that money for another project? Here's what I would recommend. Golf Simulator. Much better investment, much lower cost, and will last forever. And will get better, providing you have the space to swing a club indoors, and will give you many more hours of enjoyment, and your boys will get to play in the golf simulator, and maybe even your wife. Now, the key for a golf simulator is space, space, space. Three keys. You need the space, you need the space, you need the space. What about everything else? Hey, you get me the space, I'll get you the golf simulator setup. I've got, I've got a guy. I've got a guy out of Indiana, golfsimulatorguys.com. He knows everything about it. It's an evolving industry. There's more technology coming on board now all the time. Guess what? It doesn't matter. We could set you up with that. The one deal killer for most guys where they live is I don't have the space for a simulator. But if you're creative, if you are committed, you can find the space. In fact, I know a, a, a friend of my daughter, uh, or my daughter's friend's father, he built a shed. He got a shed purchased and put it in his backyard and made it into a simulator. It's tight. It's not luxurious, but it works. And I'm like, damn, this is, I'm glad you did this. This was great commitment on your part. You said, I don't have the space in my house, but I'm going to find space outside. So it can be done. So that would be my recommendation. Simulator. All right, time now for a new segment. I hope it catches on. Not quite sure yet. I'm calling it Steakhouse Confidential. And instead of just four of my jabronis this time, who you may find entertaining, I hope you do, I thought they were good, we'll start roping in some bigger names in the future. And uh, just take a listen. Let me know what you think. Tonight we are at the fantastic DC Prime in Ashburn, Virginia. Mr. Paul Gorgie, sales executive to the stars, (laughs) set this up, didn't you, Gorgie? This Uh, is your spot, isn't it? This is my spot. And let's, I'm let's, home in 10 minutes. Which let's, is, <laughs> let's brag about DC Prime for just a yes, second. Yes, we shall. Because you and I got to meet the owner. Yeah, Rick you know Crow. The owner very Rick well. Crow, Rick very Crow. nice man. Very, very strong. And uh, this was Kirk Cousins' spot for many moons. That's right. They would come right from the park, and they would come over here. He would get huge dinners. All the linemen. For linemen, yeah. Yeah. And, and really, you know, there's a lot of steakhouses, and this is going to be part of our Steakhouse Confidential. We're gonna, we may go around place to place, but if it works out well here, we just make this our spot. Johnny Rhodes is with us. Rosie, Fellas. Mr. One Account, Fellas. how are you? Fellas. I, you got, I got a, I I got got a second one. Paulie is saying, this is my spot, too. 
Uh, my office is two miles from here, and whenever we have a, a happy hour, I say DC Prime, patio, fireplace, TV. The owner is a badass. This is my spot. I love this place. Oh, you guys Thanks can fight me. over whose spot it is. No, this is Paul's spot, but this is my preference. <laughs> okay. I, I love this place. Thank you. We're glad me. you're here. And Johnny Ronis of the Capital Golf Gang, and more importantly, the Ronis Academies, where you're still teaching in this miserable fall weather. Is that right? Well, you know, you teach we, have, lessons we have an today? In, I did teach lessons today. <laughs> we have an indoor-outdoor facility, so, you know, a day like this, it doesn't matter. It's you a gotta, bonus day. you got to teach to eat unless you get free steak at a podcast in a Which steakhouse, Which is right? why I'm here, <laughs> frankly. spit his water up. And I didn't realize I live right. 4.8 miles from here. <laughs> Whoa. And I'm going to be coming here a lot more often. Yeah. I've always seen the sign driving down 7, but... Yeah. Never stopped in. So we call it the right. hidden gem. Right down by Chick- Chick-fil-A at the end of Loudoun County Parkway, everybody. <laughs> for those that don't know, Paul used to uh, sell for the Redskins Radio Network. Uh, did that for how many years now, Paulie? 20 plus seasons. 20 plus seasons. Basically built the Redskins Radio Network and uh, has moved on to do his own thing now. And you represent a variety of people. I do. I do. I, um, interesting. Uh, Interesting app I'm involved in. There's a, a gentleman down at GW who invented a, a, an app called Rome, R-O-O-A-M. It is changing. Sounds like room. It does, but it is Rome, which basically stands for allowing you to roam and go to other venues. What it is is a mobile payment platform that allows you to open, monitor, and close a tab without carrying a credit card. And you can close the tab wherever you may be. Including face down face in down a Face down in ditch. a gutter. Yes. Yes, that has happened. And, and, and You know, and I know a guy who at Myrtle Beach really needed the ability <laughs> <laughs> to have his tab shut down automatically. Am I right about that, Johnny Boy? No comment, you this say. This app... <laughs> uh, I would love to go back in time. The, uh, it would have been perfect. You know who this app would have been great for, boys, is Robert Allenby. <laughs> oh, Remember when yes. he went oh, off the right. rails Absolutely. in Hawaii? Absolutely. Can he, apps remove black eyes? <laughs> well, <laughs> no. <laughs> Zabe, he was mugged. That, that was his story. Yes. And it was a good story until surveillance video showed, yes. yeah. no, no, you were just blitzed in That's Hawaii. Right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> you yeah. lost your credit card. Great player. Cold busted. All right, so look for the app called Room or download Rome. Room. Rome. Rome. Sorry. With two O's. R-O-O-M. No, R-O-O-A-M. Okay. A-M. Okay. I'd like to go back and work with you on the name on that That's app, fine. but it's too late. That's it's okay. already launched. The, 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 the cat is out. I'm sure it tested well with some focus it groups. Is it is on. doing really well. That's awesome. Great. That's great. All right, boys, so we're going to go around the table here. I know you all have stories in town because you are men among town. Uh, I know that you, Paul, have worked with players in this town, uh, Redskin players and other athletes over the years. I know Johnny Rhodes has drank with a lot of athletes, including Jeff Bostick, deep into the night at the <laughs> Mickey Steele Golf Tournament. So I know you've got a story ding, or two. Ding, ding. I know Mr. Ronis over here teaches many professional athletes in town, including several Nats, right? Uh, they're all gone. They're all gone They're all gone. <laughs> they're all gone. Ray you know, Knight, you big they're, all, they're all gone. No, Ray, <laughs> Ray, I think Ray would be better suited in this atmosphere. All right. So, And, and I know a few stories. <laughs> And some of them are actually true, but who cares if they're true or not? They're just right. good stories. So who wants to start with the first Steakhouse Confidential of the night? 
You want me to start? Yeah, yeah let's go ahead, Roy. I'll set, I'll set the bar fairly high. <laughs> um, we'll be the judge of that. If you guys remember, well, I guess uh, athlete-wise, if you guys remember, there was a, a fella who was, he played for the Wizards for a little while. He also was, uh, I believe, the president of basketball operations for the Wizards for a little while. A West fellow Unsell? by the name of uh, Michael Jordan. Oh. oh. You know what's interesting? He played, didn't he? He did play, and then he played for a team before the Wizards, too. Really? And he was pretty good. Decent yeah. guy? Player? Decent, decent, decent uh, basketball player. Um, you know, it's interesting because it's, it's, we're, we're taping this on election night Yes. here in the United States. The day after, the first time I played with Jordan, I was fortunate enough to play with him a few times. The first time I played with Jordan was the day after the Hanging Chad elections. 2000. Bush Gore. Yeah. So we get there in the morning. and Where, where is there? This is at Woodmont. Okay. So, where are you t- so, you know, he was playing for the Wizards at the time, and he was, um, I think he was playing at that time. He was missing dunks. He was shooting 37%. Yeah. Got it. And so he, uh, so we, we set up a game. They called me the, the night before, and they're like, you want to play tomorrow? We're playing at 8 a.m. with Jordan. I'm like, all right, I'm in. Jordan, boyhood kind of idol of mine. I guess a lot of people grew up with any kind of sports. So we get there on the tee, and there he is. And it's like a glowing light. You know, when you see someone like that, like a Jordan or a Tiger oh, yeah. Woods, they're, like, shining more than everyone else for whatever reason, impeccably dressed, everything else. Say hello, you know, a few casual words. And finally we get to the first tee, and we're about to tee off. And he goes, all right, pro, how many are you giving me? <laughs> I said, well, you know, first of all, he plays every day. Yes. And I don't think I had picked up a club. Ronis, Cigar? Oh, we'll talk. I mean, we can talk about that a little later. That was actually pretty cool, too. But I said, uh, you know, whatever you feel comfortable with, or I was just trying to be cool. I had some cash, about 500 in cash in my pocket. 500. That'll that'll last you three holes with Michael Jordan. You know, that was it for me. (laughs) Three holes, two pieces of junk, and a press. He said, said, we'll play $100 Nassau and $20. $100 Nassau and $20 birdies. Are you okay with that? And I said, you know, shaking. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm yes, all right Mr. With that. Jordan. Can, he, can I interrupt for one second? Yeah. You ever see the movie Glory? Glory? When they promoted Morgan Freeman to <laughs> captain, he goes, I ain't sure I'm wanting this <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, and this was back a long time ago. I could still play a little bit, and I was a little bit more confident than I am today. And he said, uh, again, all right, how, mu- how much you get? How many so it's you give? Potentially, me? for those that don't golf, $100 front side, $100 back side, $100 total match. Yep. You lose all three, that's $300. $20 birdies, you're starting to get to the end so, of your yeah. roll of 500 Correct. You might have to go to the ATM. Excuse me, Mr. Jordan, I'll be right back. If I get slaughtered, but, yeah. But this so, is Ronis. Is it, and it's you against him straight up. Yeah, just that was one wow. of the And matches. the ATM limit is $300 a day. Right. As, as I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So again, he says, How many are you giving me? And I said, I don't know how I had the balls to do this, but I said, you know what? I've been watching you on TV for a million years. And I said, I know you don't want to beat me with strokes. So we're playing straight up. Wow. And, he, and that's when I got that kind of Jordan. The glint. Yeah, that kind of out of the eyes narrowed out of the side of his eye. I can see eye. it now. He was I'm sitting in the car. He was sitting back. He was getting a, cutting a cigar. And uh, he just gave me that look. And he goes, sounds good. Sounds good. And so good. we played. But here's, here's the best story. So I actually won the match. I won. I actually won all three in the match. Wow. We come down to 18, and he is uh, – we're even on birdies. 
and he hits a shot dead right on 18 at Woodmont, and it's in these trees. He hits a ball up over the trees onto the green. He's about 10 feet, and he sinks a putt. And as he sinks a putt, he gives that little Jordan kind of fist oh, yeah. pump. You guys can't see it here on the radio. And I swear I almost melted right there. I'm like, I'm playing with Michael did Jordan. You, did you just jizz got in your pants? Jizz no. in my pants. <laughs> he gave me three. You love that song, don't we you? Were, I mean, <laughs> yeah, why not? Who could? So what if he did? So he, what? No he gave me, we got in the cart, he gave me three $100 bills, and he was waiting for that 20 Dollar? He, really? Dollar bills, y'all. Yeah. $100 so he bills. Wanted, so he wanted and he the wanted exact that, change. He wanted that 20 because he won in birdies. He was one up in birdies. Okay. And I gladly gave him that 20 and I came home and I told my wife we were playing with Jordan's. We were going out to dinner with Jordan's money tonight. Now, it's 2000, nice. so good cell phone cameras don't exist. <laughs> Did you get a picture? Nope, didn't get a picture. In fact, get an didn't, autograph. didn't ask for anything, didn't get any autographs, and he came back. Did he give you total consciousness on your deathbed? No, he did not. Because it sounds like you <laughs> got nothing out of this. What a good story, a good story. Right? better. Yeah. He would come back all the time and play, and when he'd come back, he, I'd be the first guy he'd go to because he knew I didn't ask him for anything. I didn't take any pictures. Okay. So I would kind of hold him, protect him, until he was ready to go out on the tee. Plus, he wanted to beat you. Did, you, did you keep he the scorecard? No did you, sign, did you uh, at least keep it, the scorecard? Uh, no, no, I didn't. I'm just not into that that All much. Right. Here's here's a better of the thing. A oh, wait, few weeks on. later, Rhodes is incredulous I right mean, now. No sign, jockstrap, nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing. I'm just not. I'm not too into that. But not a, jock a few sniffer. weeks later, I went to the Wizards game. Was sitting fortunately with a a, a guy who was a, a member at Woodmont who had floor tickets. Jordan comes off, lays it up, comes over to the end of the line. I'm standing on the floor. Comes over to me. Falk is standing right next to me. The member's right here. He comes over to me, slaps him five. Hey, pro, how you doing? That wow. was that's all I Like, I looked need. around that's, the that's stadium it. like, that's that's bad. this is crazy. That is bad. So that was it. He, acknowledged, he acknowledged him. And, uh, you have arrived. That was, that was it. Yeah, that, that would be. So uh, that was my Jordan story. And, by good. the way, very enjoyable to play with. Very intimidating. He'd walk real close to me on the tee as we were playing almost really? rough shoulders. And, um, but, uh, you Change know, jingler? No, no. And, and again, just got Shit to... Shit talker? Got to... A little bit. Little a bit, little bit, okay. Only guy, only guy to ever be on the cover of Sports Illustrated for golf who shot 84. Yeah. Well... Jordan was? Uh, it was... They he was on the cover of SI? Yeah, as a golfer. It was... Uh, I still have that... What does it uh, say? What did it say? It was an article about they followed his round of golf as in pursuit of being a professional golfer. As was he aspired to be a professional golfer. When was this? Jordan wanted to be a pro golfer. I must have missed that. Oh yeah, I think it was amidst as many things. Yeah, I think he shot like seventy eight that day we played, and and he's a good player. And at that height, it's hard to play golf that well. But it was definitely as far as golf goes, it was the biggest thrill of playing with right. anyone that I've ever. That's played a pretty with. good so one. It was cool. Sounds Who awesome. wants to bat second? At Steakhouse Confidential. Johnny Rhodes. I'll go. So, Zabe, you gave us a homework assignment, which it could be any sport. Right? Yeah, sure. Any okay. sport. Uh, so, tonight is the start of the 100th season of Maryland basketball. Very good. So, I thought it would be appropriate to bring up um, an awesome story about essentially the origins of Maryland basketball when they basically became relevant when they were on the map when Lefty Drizel was hired 
from a school called Davidson University. They brought him in, and he said right out of the gate, we are going to be the UCLA of the East. Of the yeah. East. I just watched this the other day on For the Love of Basketball. And what I thought was funny was... Um, Which meant we're going to pay players like John Wooden did at UCLA. Exactly. And cheat like sons of bitches. Yeah. Which was the thing at the time. Very is smart. that illegal? Well, yeah. Was that wrong? Perfectly Should we legal. Not do that? Is that illegal? Yeah. It's not illegal unless you get caught. Go ahead, I'll tell Johnny. you what was great about this is Lefty really was speaking for a lot of people on the East Coast who resented John Wooden, who realized that what John Wooden had on the West Coast was an enterprise. If you were a decent basketball player and you were west of the Mississippi, you were playing at UCLA, and you didn't even have to go through the regional tournament because back then it was sort of in pods, and you were essentially um, you were essentially uh, wired to the Final Four, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. how it was. Right. So anyway, here comes Lefty. He makes this bold statement. Country boy, you know, I don't know. You know, I don't know. We're going to be the UCLA of the East. You watch. And Lefty latches on to a kid at the age of 15, right out of the gate. This kid is my ticket to the national championship. A kid named Moses. Never heard of him. Fo fo fo, Moses Malone, <laughs> aka fo fo fo, fo fo fo, fo fo came from what he said. We're Sixers. gonna go, yeah, we're gonna go through the playoffs in the NBA playoffs four four four, right? Because that's all it took back in the day to win yep. the championship. So at the time, Lefty had already. Um, Moses is a kid out of the Tidewater area, right? Moses is a Virginia Tidewater, kid. Tidewater, Virginia. Correct. He's in high school. Everyone knows he's gonna be a badass. Here's the problem with Moses. He had faced quite a bit of criticism, quite a bit of critiquing on his intelligence. And Moses um, wasn't a very articulate kid. Bottom line, he was shy. Okay, so Lefty brought him in. And Lefty had already had um, a pretty strong squad and uh, John Lucas was his main man uh, so he brought Moses in and the uh, the long of, the short of it is John Lucas's favorite story of all time is that left uh, that uh, Moses Malone was his roommate for one day because because Lucas wakes up the next morning in the dorm and Moses has a bag over his shoulder and he goes where are you going? Moses goes, I'm going to the pros. <laughs> and Lefty goes, I, I can't compete. What do you mean? So next day, there's a press conference. Lefty goes, uh, we, uh, we, we signed Moses, and Moses, we felt, was best for him to go into the ABA right, with the Utah organization. Back then, there was no rules. Yeah. They're like, uh, Lefty, you could go what, pro uh, right away. What, did, what, did, what made Moses go there? Lefty goes, $3 million. <laughs> <laughs> and they go, $3 million? Lefty goes, I looked at it hard, and I realized 
I couldn't quite match that figure. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the hell and of it. And there goes left. Uh, there goes Moses. Here's the hell of it that Lefty had sent an assistant to camp out at a Motel 6 across the high school from Moses Malone to recruit him. Mm-hmm. Like he lived there to make sure that Moses saw that guy from Maryland every single damn day. What so I like about him it for one day. And, and Zay, you know, look. This is a case of Moses obviously did the right thing. He, he came from nothing, and Lefty realizes Moses did the right thing. But in a funny way, in a long way around, um, it still kind of helped the Terps because it really did put the Terps on the map that they grabbed Moses. Moses did sign with Maryland, and for the next decade, Lefty's recruiting was about as good as you could get oh, yeah. in the yeah. nation. Yeah. Lefty was, could recruit. He could was, recruit. Now, could he game manage? He could. Yeah. Not uh, that's a different story. <laughs> to save his ass, in my opinion, as a Terps fan. Right. If you're tied with 30 seconds left in the game and you're a lefty, you're nah. losing. Yeah, you're losing. <laughs> you're losing. How do you feel, real quick, about the Terps this year? Because tonight starts college basketball. They're playing yeah. as we speak. Play Delaware, Delaware. tonight. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to smoke them. We are, uh, we, the Terps are extremely underrated this year. Um, I am, you asked me about game manager. I'm not a big game manager fan with, with Turge. Turge, okay. He's actually very similar to, to Lefty. He's a recruiting some bitch, But not an X and O's genius. But not who's going to be compared to, to Gary? You know, Gary spoiled you for a long time. Gary was a pit bull when it came yeah. to winning games and making adjustments and everything funny else. funny about that, Zabe? Gary was not a good recruiter. I know. Well, Gary didn't want to well, play the game. He didn't, he didn't want to kiss ass. ass. He didn't, Gary, want to when, didn't want to kiss ass. From when, the outside, who wanted to play for him? Yeah, right. when, when things got really dirty and we're talking about guys like Rudy Gay going to UConn, I heard stories about you how. You nailed it, Zabe. That yeah. was the key. The Rudy, Rudy Gay, Gay one really sent Gary over the, the edge. He's like, yeah. Why wouldn't you go to UConn over Maryland? Well, he got That's a little bit well, it's just, it's it's just called, it's called the bag was a little bigger. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he went there. And Calhoun was the biggest yeah. crook in NCAA. Oh, UConn boy over here. Trust me. Trust me. I'm wired into Maryland. I know. Do you still have a basketball team up there at UConn, Rose? We do not have a team currently. We have a women's team that's struggling a little bit as well. It's so crazy how the bankroll disappeared when Calhoun left. That slows your head coach. Jim Calhoun was a great coach. He had a wide open checkbook, baby. While I was there, yeah. and um, we will not say anything about his uh, payment strategy, but yeah. he was—he uh, made that program. All right, Gorgie, you are next up. <laughs> End of topic. Steakhouse. <laughs> All right, confidential. So, so I noodled your your request for an athlete story, and I couldn't come up with anything that I thought was overly exciting. Oh, come on, man. Research me, Gorgie. All of the years and all the people that you have met, Gorgie, along the way, nothing you can tell no, from the I, sales front. No. I have I have a Maryland story as well. Okay. All right. My family was very wired into Maryland basketball, gave a lot of money to the Comcast Center to the point where we were building partners, okay. sat on the floor. Okay. So I have two quick stories. The first one was I used to sit right behind the scores table. And the radio used to be there. Um, after our first year of, on first row, 
the radio was no longer in front of us. It got moved to the other end because a certain amount of F-bombs of mine made it onto the airways. Oh, your F-bombs. Yes. Good. And then <laughs> one of my other stories is uh, Hayward from 7 Foot 1 from North Carolina, Brendan Haywood, smart used guy. to camp real smart in the guy. lane at Coldfield House at nauseam, and I was not a real quiet fan, and I was all over the refs, and I get a three-second call on him to start the second half, and all the heads on the, on the Carolina bench turned to me and looked at me in disgust. <laughs> and I looked at them and I said, I get one a game. <laughs> and they turned right back around. Nice. My biggest story is I went to the Final Four in Minneapolis, 2001, where the, where the Terps got jobbed by the refs against oh, yeah. Duke. They are up buku bucks in the first 10 minutes of the game. Duke cuts it down to about 12. 22, what was it? Gordon. Well, it was, uh, yeah, it was 22-point lead at the half. Mm, Even later than that. No, it was 22 at one point. Cut it down to, I think, 12 at half. Oh, they did, because I remember this. They did. They did. They did. They did. They cut it down to 12. Here's why, Johnny. Yeah. Because at the reporter who, who, you know, got Gary as he's coming off the court, as they're required to. Oh, shit. She says. You're right. She says, Coach, how are you going to stem the tide here in the second half? And Gary, being the pugnacious, (laughs) pissed off competitor that he is, looks up and he's like, we're 12 points up on Duke. I think we're doing all right. You know who I think that was, guys? Bonnie Bernstein? That's correct. Yeah, Marilyn Grant. Okay, yeah. So I'm center court, four rows back, and uh, and we are going apeshit bananas over the refs. And then all of a sudden the second half starts, and they're trading baskets. They're going back and forth. And then, then Krzyzewski's refs kicked in, and here comes the fouls. Here comes the phantom fouls. Lonnie Baxter gets called Lonnie for a Baxter's fifth. Not fifth. It wasn't even near a guy. Yeah. Gets called for the phantom fifth. The place is going bananas because we are going to go to the national championship and we would have rolled Zona. Arizona would have been our bitch on Monday night <laughs> and we would have had back-to-back national championships. And you so, guys wonder why Lonnie Baxter shot up the White House. Well, yeah. Think about well, it. Wait. Yeah, exactly. Lonnie Baxter He's was still arrested. Pissed. He's still pissed. <laughs> he was arrested with a lot of armaments just outside the White yeah, House roads. Yeah, yeah. He actually didn't oh, shoot I'm sorry. up the White House. <laughs> sorry, Lonnie. No, no bullets were fired. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was geese hunting, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. So um, we leave, and my dad and, and my dad had a one of his VPs was from Minneapolis, and I'm so pissed off, and I can't contain myself. He takes us to a fine Italian restaurant. We go in the back entrance through the kitchen. I come out, and I run into legendary coach Steve Fisher. Yeah. I said, Coach, you have no skin in this game. What would you think of the officiating? He goes, you got robbed. And he goes, the one, the one official, he goes, that's the only guy that has thrown me out of a game. He's horrible. Wow. And so – from that point on, we chowed down in our pasta dinner and drank ourselves into oblivion. But, but uh, it ended well next year in Atlanta. I got, I got my revenge. Yeah. I went to every game. I was on the road for both seasons. My father and I traveled with the team, and I got, we got our revenge, and it was so, so sweet. Yeah. It and may have been sweet, guys, but that year, that was horse manure. That year we lost. I was still in the golf business. I put my 
this through. Should have been back to back national championships. In Not the surprising. clubhouse at Prospect Bay Country Club. Did you pay for the damage? Or did you I just have no, the members got assessed, right, Ronis? I denied it. I, Somebody else it. did. For most of your damage that you did was there. Was that an erroneous ball that just came through? Yeah, yeah. it was Clubhouse a golf window. ball. All right, did you guys ever hear my Jerry Glanville story? Oh, no. Oh, uh, no. on us. So it's Great coach. 94, 94 Super Bowl in Miami, and I'm there, Radio Row. I'm going to get some breakfast before doing my show, and I go to the coffee shop breakfast area in the lobby of the big hotel that's got Radio Row and everything else. Dave, are you, where are you working at the time? Uh, working at one-on-one sports in Chicago, Sh- Illinois. Chicago, okay. Yeah, actually, it might have been FNZ in Charlotte, 97. The years blur by. It was one of those two. It was Miami, though. I'm standing in line to wait for breakfast just by myself. I got my paper under my arm. It's back when newspapers were all the rage. A printed version of the internet. <laughs> internet? Yeah. You had ink all over your hands. Yeah, I don't get this print joke. off of my hands. <laughs> my my dad would have ink on waiting. his face. Why is it on your forehead? In the morning. Standing there waiting, and who rolls up to me but Jerry Glanville, who all black. was not coaching at the time. He had just, I think, been kicked out of a job at Atlanta or wherever, but he was an analyst on Fox, right? And he says to me, comes up, he's a, hey, need, need somebody to sit with you? Can I, can I have breakfast with you? And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Jerry Glanville, this is great. <laughs> so I go and sit down. We have breakfast, and we're talking and chatting. It's a wonderful breakfast and all. And he is now into the truck racing. He had like a truck racing team as of course. well. So I'm talking about that. We have a decent breakfast. Things are going, I think, smoothly. By the time I'm halfway through my pancakes, he all of a sudden out of nowhere says, well, Steve, it was great having breakfast with you. I'll see you later, all right? Boom, gone. <laughs> <laughs> Did not leave any money. You got the tab, Did, You got this covered? here for this. Either figured that I was going to expense it myself, mm-hmm. or he just didn't give a fuck. And I, I realized afterwards, and this was the ultimate lesson, he couldn't be seen eating alone because it would look bad on him. Uh, so sure. he just needed some Sacrificial random dummy breakfast buddy. He breakfast with, and he stiffed me for the <laughs> and tip. It, and it would hey, look so, worse. Hey, partner, you him. got this? So Jerry <laughs> Glanville. Hey, fella. Hey, hey good to see you. Uh, Fred. <laughs> see you, buddy. All right. It would look far worse on him if someone saw him paying a check. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. God so, help him. All right. Let's take a break. We're at DC Prime in Ashburn, Virginia. We're going to get menus. We're going to get some delicious steak, and we'll come back, and we'll finish up Steakhouse Confidential for this week. And we got to talk about one of the cheating, cheaty, cheatiest stories in golf. Whoa. We all play golf Whoa. at a high level that I've ever seen. Ronis again? Huh? No, no, no. You'd have to actually play golf to cheat, all right. which I don't do. Let's get some steak, boys. Football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is the industry-leading sports action website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. Bet sides, predict scores, track player props, even do props on politics. Use promo code ZABE when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. If the game already kicked off or tipped off, don't worry. They've got live in-game action, sweet action, on every major event, even esports. No better time to join MyBookie.ag than today. Go there, sign up. Type in promo code ZABE and get a 100% sign-up bonus. It's easy, and you'll have access to your own personal dashboard. That's mybookie.ag, promo code ZABE. No deposit necessary. Terms and conditions apply. Void where prohibited. 
All right, final segment here, Steakhouse Confidential at DC Prime, Ashburn, Virginia. Man, it was delicious. I had the had the ribeye, medium rare, with a little Oscar action, which would be crab meat and a delicious yellowish sauce. Why, thank you <laughs> for explaining. They call that Bernays sauce. What would you guys have, Ronis? I had the bone-in ribeye, and okay. it was scrumptious. Johnny? Ronis, I had your bone-in ribeye. And then you ate the bone like a dog. Oh, you he ate the entire that bone. cow died for me, and I was not going <laughs> to let it die in vain. Gorgie, you had the filet. Boned-in filet, but the star of the meal is the lobster oh, mac lobster and cheese. Oh, yeah. Which is crustaceans. the freaking charts. Good stuff. Thank you to DC Prime for having us here. Uh, Rick Crow is awesome. Rick Crow is the man. Great place. Come on by. DC Prime in Ashburn, Virginia. So all you guys are golfers. Of course, John Ronis teaches golf. and Johnny Rhodes was once an assistant pro. And good old Gorgie is the world's number one pain in the ass at Riverbend Country Club for your membership over there. You pester the Greens Committee. You pester John Madden, your pro. <laughs> You've got firm opinions about what should be done at the club. I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> so we all, we're, all, we're all fanatic golfers. There's two stories I want to talk about. First of all, Bryson DeChambeau has now won five times in about, what, 18 months? He is more than just a novelty act. Now, look, he stunk at the Ryder Cup. Understood. You can't take away the fact he is winning big time. What do you think of Bryson DeChambeau? We'll start with you, John Ronas. Well, you're right. I mean, it's pretty fascinating, actually. I think if you probably go back six events, he may have won seven events. He may have won five. Yeah. It's something close to that. I would have never guessed he would have won on tour with that goofy, all one-size-fits-all clubs, that on-plane well, swing, we talked about. low bullets. Now he's won five times. The on-plane, when yeah. it's on, it's going to be really on. And when it's yeah. off, it'll probably be really off. But <laughs> the distractions things we talked about. It's an individual sport, and when it's individual for him, he can monitor all the distractions. The Ryder Cup is not a format for him. It should be one of those things he never plays in again. But he's got it wired <laughs> he down pretty never, good. No. He's going to play in it he 10 should be more banned. times, maybe. He, sh- he should be banned should be from banned. the Ryder Cup forever. Speaking of distractions, is that a distraction? But that, that's that his is, girlfriend. Mm. Wow. Well, that's obviously, something else right there. Yeah. Why does she have a penis? What? Because <laughs> right. she can? No, she, has, <laughs> she has the Crikey. largest boobies of any athlete wife I've ever seen. Those are like stunt boobs on a you know stripper. What? In Bryson's world, those are just a counterbalancing. <laughs> I, I everything bet, has to do I with physics. Bryson knows all the science of his yes, girlfriend's tatas. A lot yeah. of science there. He found her through algorithms on um, <laughs> right. a lot of science on, uh, there, at friend. the doctor's <laughs> office. Yeah. Yeah. Rosie, what Woo. do you think? Much I hate to admit it, it's, it's, it's sustainable. All that hate to admit. Why is he not popular? Do you like him, Gorgon? I don't Do mind like him, actually. I, 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 I think people are going to. After Gorgie showed like me those pictures, I like him a lot. He's going to win, and he's going to win a lot. And he's not going away anytime soon because he lives in his own little world. Yeah. And it's metrics, it's analytics, he, and you know what? He doesn't care. He, says, but he doesn't give a shit. He says what he says. He plays the way he wants to play. And my God, does he take his time on the golf course? Yeah. It's a long fucking round. Yeah. But he's Yvonne Lendl to golf. Uh, that's he's a good Pete analogy. Sampras. Good analogy. We don't need that in golf. I hate to say it. I don't dislike him. I don't like. But him. you don't like him, <laughs> right? Well, that's don't a, that's you a think that you as, need as a golf, as a golf right professional? There. We. 
you always need some character to get people to go on one side or the other. All right, real you quick. You need I don't want to spend any more time on who, who gives a shit. They're going to be like, why, why did I even bring this up? But he, was gonna, he said he's going to putt with a flag stick in next year because mm-hmm. that it's will be legal under the rules of golf. So ridiculous. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. Rhodes? Oh, I've got a stronger stance than ridiculous. I do not think the PGA Tour will allow it. Oh, who cares? They can't not who allow cares? it. It's yeah, the stupidest thing in the world. Any rule they mm-hmm. want supersedes the USGA rules of golf. Do you think really? DeChambeau will snipe one dead left out of bounds and say, I'll go ahead and drop one down there and hit four? No. Ain't happening. So Why how, would you what does that have to do with putting with a pin in? It's, it's just another part of the Let new him. rules of 2019. Let him. It's the stupidest thing so I've wait, ever whoa, heard. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're on to something bigger here. I didn't yeah. know we'd hook into this. Yeah. You think the PGA Tour is going to go rogue I on totally the USGA's do. new rules of golf? I will bet a testicle on it. <laughs> well, that leaves you, you none. Do you have an extra one? You're that not leaves you a right zero. Now? I've got two, and I don't need <laughs> them both. You sure you I don't even know if I need them, any of them. Uh, look. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> there's a bunch of new rules that the USGA has come out with that are intended for the Joe Schmo average golfer to speed up play. Okay. Putting with a flag stick is, can you imagine a threesome on a Saturday round on the tour? Stop. You had me at when threesome. Bubba Watson putts, then uh, Jordan Spieth putts, and DeChambeau says, says Go can put you the pin please back put the pin back in? <laughs> the tour will not put up with that. It's I an see, optics thing. They will not do it. I want to see a guy tap in a one-footer, kerplunk, and hit the actual flag stick. That's what I want to see. And not go in. It's four. A guy chips up. He's one foot from the hole, and he puts it in. A recreational player. Not with a caddy standing right next to the the pin. It is senseless to make the hole smaller by keeping the pin in. All right? So it's just not going to happen. The PGA Tour can do whatever they want because no idiot's going to putt with the pin in. I know this. There's going to be rounds with my buddies in which we make everybody putt with a pin in. <laughs> right, the whole round. Just to annoy yeah. the shit out of me. Right. All yeah. right so I can't focus right now because of Gorgie. So I know. Gorgie, could you please oh, sorry. put your laptop away? <laughs> sorry. Okay? <laughs> Whatever that is. Sorry. Like, we're having a That's discussion. not even real. And you're like, here, I'm, look at this. I, I'm surfing. <laughs> yeah, you're surfing. Okay. My mom is listening to this right now. I, I can't get my eyes off of this. This is All ridiculous. Right. <laughs> All right. So... This Doris Chen story is something else. Doris Chen is a young LPGA aspiring player. She used to be an All-American at USC, won some big events, was a teen phenom. She's at Q School or Q Series on the LPGA Tour, and she hits a drive left into the woods at Pinehurst number 7. Their caddy comes up on it. It's in a bad line, the pine straw, but it's inbounds. And a woman comes out of the house near where the ball is and says, somebody kick the ball, somebody kick the ball. It turns I, out uh, they go, similar ethnicity, and they go and they go and the caddy is like, "Well, who was it?" And the woman in the house <laughs> points right at Doris Chen's mom. Yeah. Uh oh. So at this point, there's a problem. What? And, <laughs> and and so Doris Chen's caddy is trying to do the right thing and says, "Hey, look, I think we need to call a rules official because this is a bit of uh, of a sticky situation." And Doris Chen is like, well, we're already on the clock. We're late. You know, I'm going to play it as it is. Because she said, and this is, a, <laughs> this is a great explanation, she says if somebody did kick the ball, which she didn't see, it would have been still a, quote, live ball. 
and that it would have been play it where it lays. God that damn is, it, Mom! <laughs> that, that is that is a complete misinterpretation. Well, of what if the she rules... kicked it while it was moving, so if the mom could just time it on the bounce and kick it out of the sky like Pele, <laughs> but there's then no, it no one had any proof that she kicked it while no. it was moving. Well, except so the man that ran out of the stuff. house. So then, to de- right to declare it a, a live ball <laughs> is quite a reach when you're on the tee. 223 <laughs> yards away. Sure. <laughs> Bomb. <laughs> You're bombing it out there. So so there's a big kerfuffle, and Doris Chen's like, I'm going to play it anyway. And her caddy's like, are you sure? No. You sure? Because no. this could be bad. You could be DQ'd. No. Are you sure? Let's call an official. No, no, no. Pesters her multiple times all the way up until 18. She signs her scorecard. The caddy then says, look, I'm making less than the guy raking the bunkers here because I'm caddying on the LPGA Tour. <laughs> Q series. I'm not going to live my life thinking I'm helping a blatant cheater here. So he right. goes and tells the LPGA officials, here's what's happened. They went and they talked to the homeowner. The homeowner's story seemed to hold up, and they DQ'd her. Yep. And now Doris Chen is all like, I'm not a cheater. I would never cheat. I never, would never tell my parents to kick the ball back and play. It doesn't matter. You were told you should do the right thing. You had information that... That ball was moved, possibly out of bounds to inbounds. Right. You had to do everything you could to be uphold the rules of golf. What hole was that on? I don't know. I mean, it, didn't didn't this go on for like three or four holes? I think the so. caddy was like adamant. The caddy, the caddy. Yeah, kept he's like, come clean. Her. Let's you, right. let's you can right. Don't do this. Well, don't do this. He don't was also this. protecting the field well, because those people were out there busting their asses, doing getting the their right card. Thing. Right. All right. right. Exactly. Ronis, you have your first crack at it. Go. I think she did everything exactly how she should have. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Look, I can give her a little bit of the benefit of the doubt that she didn't know the rule per se or thought that her her mother was so adept that he, she could kick it off a of one bounce off of the card path. No, she didn't kick it off a of one bounce. With a bicycle kick. Oh, yeah. but And it was a live ball. But the fact is that she had multiple times to kind of correct it. And then... When you're done with the round, you owe the official, this happened on hole number 14. Can we see what I should do or how I should play this or whatever? Right. She, she cheated. said, don't talk about she, it. She, she, she said, told Randall she Mel, said, the golf it. channel, don't talk about it. Don't she, write about this zip anymore. It. Right. Yeah. And so the fact is she cheated. And she got the right course of action, which is disqualification. Now, you got to understand in the Q series or Q school, it could be round one. You're DQ'd. Wait till next year. So there's a lot riding on it, and she chose to cheat, and she paid the price. And now, you know, her millions and millions, tens of twenties of dollars of endorsements. Her, her free that she may own are yeah. now in jeopardy <laughs> That's right. because of this. All right, Rosie, go ahead. Look, guys, we've got the maternal connection here. I empathize. Are you saying the she's mom. an Asian tiger mom? Yeah. You've mom, heard about the Asian the tiger mom stereotype, right? The mom gave it the old <laughs> right the old, footer. The old Tom Dempsey. <laughs> yeah. Hey, 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 Judge Smell. Uh, that's not detail. out of bounds. Yeah. Yeah. Minor detail. Here's what I'm. Gonna, I'm going to be really soft in my uh, opinion. Wow. Never let her play again. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? It's good. That's pretty. <laughs> it's yeah, good. Okay. All right, Gorgie. Uh, it's cheating. Game over. Bad cheating, right? Oh, absolutely. Really bad Blat- cheating. Blatant, what are we going to do about this? That's Blatant my question. got caught red-handed. You had a chance to come clean, and all she did was just bury herself. What's yep. what's the worst cheating you've ever seen? Well, first of all, golf? here's what's unfortunate. Oh, I got one. Yeah. The LPGA Tour is in desperate need of some more 
Asian players. So Shut this up. is a really bad thing right here. <laughs> I think she's Sorry, American is that inappropriate? Anyway. She's Very. So I used to belong to Woodmore. So I invite one of my old chaps Sheep out Club. for a round of golf at Riverbend my first year there. There's a dogleg par four, number five. And the guy hits the ball, and it is definitely left rough. He's in his own cart, and he drives in front of me, and out of the cart comes a ball, ends up in the middle of the fairway. Interesting. And I said, wow. What was that? What, what, what do we got going on here? Needless to say, I never played another round of golf with Ball him. Ball moved or that's not, that's not even artful cheating. I mean, it's no. not even. It's like, really? That's so blatant. You did it in front of me like I'm fucking the, blind. Yeah, a guy at the Potomac Cup once, like, tumbled down the bank of a hazard <laughs> and had a ball fall out of his body. <laughs> look at that. Yeah. Yeah, like look at that. Where, where out of his body? We hey, don't hey, know. Hey, 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 Zabe, I found it. <laughs> Tyler's two? Oops. Yeah, that's me. There it was. I felt it when God, I rolled over it. look how clean this is. Yeah. Yeah, right. Tyler's too. Yeah, that's mine. How's the lie? Great meal, great times, great fun. Thank you for thank coming you. out. I hope you enjoy the steak, and thank you to DC Prime for having us. Thank, thank you. you. DC Prime. We'll Thanks do it again Prime. soon. Now you can See roll ya. me out of here because I am stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> Let's finish on this today. Headline, New York Post reads, We've officially reached peak smartphone. Have we reached peak smartphone? Writer Andy Meek asks. Are we just impossible to impress anymore thanks to a case of been there, seen that with most handsets? Maybe it's that more of us are hanging on to our devices for longer than ever. And maybe it's a little bit of all the above. Whatever the reason, though, global smartphone shipments were down again in the third quarter, the fourth consecutive slump in shipments. Market research firm Strategic Strategy Analytics is out with new data showing a year-over-year decline of 360 million units, or an equivalent of an 8% dip. This in the third quarter, with Strategy Analytics Director Linda Swee going as far as to declare the smartphone market, quote, effectively in a recession. Well, boo-hoo! She said the smartphone industry is struggling to come up Come to terms with heavily diminished carrier subsidies. Yeah, remember you used to get the phone for free? Like, I oh, just signed up for two years. We'll give you the phone. They don't do that anymore. Longer replacement rates, individual inventory buildup in several regions, and a lack of exciting hardware design innovation, she said. Yeah, yeah, that, that would be me. Now, granted, I'm a whore for the latest, coolest technology. And I was going to buy the new iPhone XS until I found out that basically they don't have any better, higher frame rate super slow-mo, which is kind of all I want. Yeah, the camera's better. Yeah, this new feature for the portrait mode is better. I hear it. Okay, whatever. Yeah, the screen is bigger and the the bezel is smaller. First of all, I don't like not having my button. I'm going to hang on to the button on my iPhone for a long time. In fact, I even wish it was not a haptic fake button. I wish it was the real button like you used to have, bottom of the screen. That was always the genius of the iPhone to me. It had one button. Right, well, the new one is no button, so it's even more genius. You just you swipe. You swipe up or you swipe. Just put your face in front of the phone. Hey, I don't want Apple having my face. Oh, Zabe, you poor thing. 
They've already got your face. What are you talking about? They've got your face. They've picked it up somewhere. They've searched your web pages. They've searched your name on Facebook. Even if you never had Facebook, they've got your face. Damn you. Still, I don't quite like the iPhone 8 or 10. Or no, I got the 8. I don't like the the 10 or the 10s. But here's the thing. They're also right in that your phones do pretty much everything now. So good, what else is there that could wow people? What is there? Hmm, think, think, think. I'm tapping my chin. What could be out there to make cell phones better? Aha! I've got an idea. How about you design a phone that can make a clear call? Hello, my name is Steve. Would you like to have a conversation? Why, yes, I would. Oh, great. Well, it sounds like you're right next to me. I know. It's because this iPhone XS cost $1,500 fucking dollars. And I pay $380 goddamn dollars a month. Well, of course you should sound like you're sitting right next to me. Okay, let's go have a pleasant conversation. Or better yet, let's, let's talk about a complicated business deal that's going to require an hour of discussion and brainstorming and back and forth. And uh, I heard you and did you hear what I said? No, 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 no. Back and forth. Do we have that? No. How much would I have to pay, as I slap my iPhone 8, how much would I have to pay for a phone that does that, that actually delivers a good call? And don't get me started with, well, this is a network thing, it's a tower thing, it's a capacity thing, it's a weather thing, it's a this thing, it's a that thing, it's an FCC thing. No. It's a fuck you thing. Fuck you phone companies until you make a phone that can actually make a good call. And a camera that's got 240 frames per second in 4K. Then we're talking. Then I might jump in, even if the call quality still sucks. But work on the calls, okay? And then get back to us. Maybe you'll sell more phones. Football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is the industry-leading sports action website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. Bet sides, predict scores, track player props, even do props on politics. Use promo code ZABE when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. If the game already kicked off or tipped off, don't worry. They've got live in-game action, sweet action, on every major event, even esports. No better time to join MyBookie.ag than today. Go there, sign up. Type in promo code ZABE and get a 100% sign-up bonus. It's easy, and you'll have access to your own personal dashboard. That's mybookie.ag, promo code ZABE. No deposit necessary. Terms and conditions apply. Void where prohibited. That'll do it for me today. Thanks for listening. Download, subscribe, comment, and like. Tell three friends. Sign up for the Football Five Ways Friday premium podcast. It's only $4.99 a month. Go to ZABE.com slash premium. Remember, podcasts are the future. You will become quickly addicted, and I hope you are here. Email me with topics and suggestions at zabe at yahoo.com. Now go post some inflammatory comments about who won or lost the elections last night. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.